That's right, episode 16. So that's four months, isn't it? I think so, that makes sense. One a week, four times four. No, that's four times... Yeah, okay. Four months. So, because so, we started when I got back in early May. So May, June, July, now into August. Four months of podcasts. Okay, good times, bad times. Uh, I saw this week that uh, Google decided that they were going to let people work from home until July 2021. That is good. I mean, if you can have that option, I think the longer you can work from home, the better, the lower the the risk of transmission. Um, I, I think that's a great idea. It feels like if you can do it that long, why, why, is why going have the in? office? Well, you know, I've heard a lot of stories over the past few years of of uh telecommuting to work and like the slow transition to that and if there are a bunch of jobs where you need to don't need to go to the office then why should anybody have to go to the office if you can just do it from home yeah yeah no i know that i mean google in particular seems to be mostly online stuff yeah yeah i, th- I mean there are tremendous advantages to just being able to work from home uh so I mean, I think that's generally the direction we're working in, especially when it comes to the tech industry and things like that. Yeah, no, it's, I'm surprised they just didn't say... Just work from home. Just work from home. Going you forward. You don't need to ever come in again. By the way, this Google building's for sale. <laughs> we had we had protesters, I'm not sure in which city, I wish I knew, but playing the Imperial March as the... Oh, I guess it was Portland, probably. Yeah. As a as the uh, secret police march on them, which is pretty funny stuff. <laughs> I'm glad people can have a sense of humor about that. As they're getting beaten into your guests. Yeah, really. You got any good times or? Uh, not that I can think of from the news this week. Huh. Uh, you got a lot of bad times though. It's a lot longer of a column than. Well, it's skinny. Good times. It is skinny, but still, it's not divided equally. I did. Oh, I did. it just started pouring outside again. Sheets. Very suddenly. That's not important. Continue. Uh, I did a, a bit. Of, we talked about that uh, Nazi memorial that they built in Oakville. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was built in the er- early 1980s in a Ukrainian Orthodox cemetery. And they saw them, I guess, as freedom fighters because they fought off the Russians who were coming in to take over the Russians. But there's still a... <laughs> I mean, somebody missed the boat on that. I'm not sure exactly what happened. It was definitely yeah. a, a Nazi group that maybe that group wasn't involved, but there was a lot of Nazis that killed a lot of Jewish people in, in Ukraine. And and I, I think it's something that probably should be taken down. Removed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Russians weren't much. And the, and the Russians were allies at the true. time. Yes, that's true. But they still weren't much better than the Nazis. And I can understand, you know, by the way, the Russians treated the people of Ukraine, I can see why they might uh, say, well, there really isn't much difference between the Nazis and the Russians. And We don't have a lot of Russian yes. statue memorials here either, though. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I agree, it should be taken down. I don't think, like, I don't think it's, and this is not what you're saying, but it wouldn't be fair to say, like, uh, well, the Russians were the good guys. You can't say it was good to fight them off. You know, the, the Nazis were also pretty bad. And following up that... Uh eight-year-old that was shot in atlanta by um by the protesting group there a 19 year old has been charged 
Um, he claims he was a witness. He had a gun, but he didn't shoot. So we'll have to see what happens there if they, uh, if he actually is the shooter, if he is a witness, and and what happens. But it's it's something that needs to be solved. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say I hope it was him, but I don't want to say. I hope it wasn't if it is then he needs to be charged and punished uh but i guess we'll see how that plays out yeah there was a nine-year-old as well in florida that died of covid this week and uh, just right before we send everybody back to school great nah the florida's a mess yeah and, well i mean and even here you got the back to school plan which I, I need to do a bit more reading on it but first glance it seems uh it seems like they they may be could could do things a little bit better there seem to be a lot of holes the uh it's interesting i heard a commercial today and this it was against like it was against ford and against going back to school well well against ford and saying ford should listen to the teachers and parents and i'm like no no he shouldn't he should listen (laughs) he should listen to the scientists that say what to do and if if a parent or a teacher is also a scientist fine Mm -hmm. but just as much as Ford isn't uh, a scientist, neither are the most teachers and parents. So let the people that are trained at this tell you the best way to put kids back in school. Because one one way or another, if you're going to try to open the economy and not get in even more debt, the kids have to go to school because people have to go to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can say, I mean, the teachers are saying they don't feel safe working in the conditions and some parents are worried about sending their kids back. Some are just like, ready to toss them back but i mean at the end of the day it's not a it's about public health so the people we need to listen to you're absolutely right are the public health experts and i think the hard reality is that the kids need to go back to school if parents need to go to work so we just need to divide the best possible plan we have we're better than alberta which doesn't have a plan alberta doesn't have a plan right now uh, to send like they're going to send kids back to school but they haven't released any sort of like safety measures they're just going back like it was that's what it seems like cross your fingers and hope for the best it's a plan yeah. it's not a good plan but it's yeah. a plan. well it's an approach <laughs> i did a little bit of reading on uh, brianna taylor and it, it it seems like uh if their side of the story is correct then that then those cops in question did break with what should have been their procedure so what was in which case they should be they should be probably charged uh, never apparently they never identified themselves well, nobody ever heard them identify themselves, according to the to the uh, boyfriend, I guess, mm-hmm. and and neighbors. But uh, I don't know how close is the house are together. Would they expect to hear? I guess they yell. And if it's an so apartment, I, I thin know. walls. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it looks like there was some some procedures that weren't necessarily followed there. So that that's probably mm-hmm. what the what the claim is. But there's also some. I think they are getting rid of no knock warrants, which is. A good idea. Probably a good idea, but that can be dangerous to the cops. If you're going into like a big meth lab, you're giving them a warning. Yes, but when you become a cop, you knowingly accept a certain amount of risk. When you are a civilian, you never made that agreement. It is is a tough one, that's for sure. Because you don't want cops getting shot up because they have to knock and say that they're coming in first either. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the answer would be, but I just, I still think, you know, the cops knowingly accept risk that their job is dangerous. Yeah, and, and, they and, and, and take a lot of TV shows, a lot of TV shows, they, they always announce first, I think, and they have, <laughs> uh, 
this is my law enforcement experience comes from years of Hill Street Blues and actually I didn't watch that. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch and shows like yeah. that. But they tend to law and order, the law part. They tend to uh, have at least procedures uh, when they knock, you know, like not standing in front of the door and da, da, da. Yeah. And then like you just yell and then you crash in. So yeah. it's not like you're giving people time to arm up and stuff. Yeah. So. I'm, I imagine, I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine plenty of states don't allow no-knock warrants. I just, I mean, I find it, it, it may be, but I find it difficult to believe that this state is going to be the first one to not allow no-knock warrants. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a, and I don't know what the feds do. Mm-hmm. I don't know the federal law either. Yeah. Brianna Taylor was the first person to be featured on the cover of O Magazine without Oprah. Yeah. Posthumously. The Food and Drug Administration has to had to recall 75 brands of hand sanitizer that contained methanol because it can cause serious health complications. It says uh, prolonged exposure can result in nausea, vomiting, headache, blurred vision, permanent blindness, seizures, (laughs) coma, permanent damage to the nervous system, and or death. Like how they always end with death. Yeah, so that's, you know, you don't want that from a hand sanitizer. No, you don't. You do not want that. They also recently recalled... Whatever our, the Canadian version of that is. was that the, Is that the Canadian or the American food and safety inspection people? Uh, this was American. Canadian ones recently were called red onions yeah, from the United States. Yeah, it, not just red. Not just red. Red, white. Red is what sweet. I heard. I just read the article. Red, white, sweet. Oh. It's from a certain farm. Oui. Yeah. I think we have red onions in the fridge. Mm-hmm. I think we had red onions last night. Great. Anyway, speaking of farms, Tom Cotton, Cotton Farm. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Tom Cotton, a Republican senator from Arkansas, which I think should just be Arkansas. That's how it's spelt, and Kansas is spelt Kansas. There's no W sound in there. It's yeah. a stupid state, uh, or a stupid name for a state. And judging by what this guy said, it sounds like a stupid state. But he called slavery a necessary evil. He said to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette on Sunday, we have to study the history of slavery and its role and impact in the development of our country because otherwise we can't understand our country. As the Founding Fathers said, it was the necessary evil upon which the Union was built, but the Union was built in a way, as Lincoln said, to put slavery on the course to its ultimate extinction. This is in an effort to stop an effort to change the way American history is taught, focusing on 1619 when the first slave ships arrived. He called the 1619 Project a racially divisive revisionist account of history that denies the noble principles of freedom and equality on which our nation was founded. Not a single cent of federal funding should go to indoctrinate young Americans with this left-wing garbage. And I have to say, it sounds like he's the one who learned some revisionist history. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Well, the Founding Fathers never said that. They didn't? No. Oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. Well, you know, some of the Founding Fathers, such as Alexander Hamilton, were abolitionists. So I don't think that that was a joint statement, especially since a lot of the Founding Fathers hated each other. Yeah, it actually, later uh, on in the article, it says that they scoured. There's nowhere that they said that. I'm not surprised. Uh, but I think if you don't teach about the history of slavery then you're absolutely teaching revisionist history and you're altering how your country looks. Like, you need to teach the good and the bad and the lessons that were learned. And to call it a necessary evil, plenty of countries, maybe not plenty, a handful of countries were built without using slavery. A lot of other terrible things, but not slavery. I mean, it's just hypocritical. If you're going to teach the history, teach all of it. 
And to suggest that teaching all of it is revisionist, I think, I mean, it looks like he's the one who's brainwashed. And I think that's what the American education system does, especially in the South, is it brainwashes people to not think about the other history, not consider alternate sides. And that's how you end up with uh, deep red states. Yeah, well, they say history is written by the winners. It's true. Yeah. Although the, the, the North won, so you think they could. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that it's really Republicans who, they call themselves the party of Lincoln, and they raise Lincoln on the highest pedestal and, you know, consider him one of the top three Republican presidents, Lincoln, Eisenhower, and Reagan, and now probably Trump up there. And, and Lincoln was the one who ended slavery. Now, he wasn't, you know, like a passionate abolitionist, but he did it. And it's now often Republicans who defend or come the closest to defending slavery, or at least defending people who supported slavery. Back then, basically, the Republicans had the Democratic platform and the, there was no Democratic Party. Yeah, there was a Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is older than the Republican Party. The Democratic Party, but they weren't called the Democrats. They were no, called they were called something the Democrats. Else. Yeah, yeah. So what was Washington? Washington was an independent. And then what was Jefferson? Jefferson was a Democratic Republican. And is that the Democrats? Um, so the Democrats were born out of a split from the Democratic Republican Party, which did not split into the Democrats and the Republicans. It split uh, into. There was the Democrats that split off, and then the Whigs became the other big party. The Democratic-Republicans kind of just faded out. And then it was the Democrats and the Whigs for a while, and then the Republicans took prominence with Lincoln, and then it's been Democratic and Republican ever since. But the Democrats were the party of the South. And, and the, the party of slavery. And the Republicans were were the sort of Northern party. And the, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and they're holding that up as their best president like it doesn't make sense and now their views have completely flopped well yeah i mean it's because i mean most americans don't understand the history of their own country i would argue most republicans don't understand the history of their party uh, and it's this you know orwellian double think from 1984 where they can believe two completely contradictory things at the same time there's a All over the world. All over the world. And starting in Ontario, where the Ontario government and the Ministry of Education had to cut its ties with the We Charity. And I don't really know exactly what kind of ties it had. I'm not surprised that the provincial conservatives are doing this. I tend to believe that they're doing this to try to help discredit the federal government because the Ford conservatives and the Trudeau liberals have never gotten along very well. You know, the Trudeau Liberals won Ontario in the last election on the backs of anti-Ford sentiment. I don't know. I know it's a big charity that kind of runs like a corporation. And I've recently heard some sketchy things like, oh, they're not very trustworthy and and, uh, we need to lock out for them. And, you know, half the money doesn't end up going to the actual charity foundations. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's true of every big charity. And why weren't we hearing about this before? I I kind of think that it's being blown up and people are attacking we because the federal government did something wrong and are people going to suffer? People who benefit from this charity, are people going to suffer as people continue to abandon this charity? And I think I said this last week um, because the federal government did something wrong and now people are connecting that to we, not understanding that we just took a job 
Yeah. And now people are going to suffer for it because of short-sightedness and ignorance. And I feel like the provincial government's just contributing to that. Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, I haven't looked into the We Charity enough to know. Oh, me neither. But if it was such a big problem, why weren't we talking about it before this? Well, a lot of things you don't talk about till you find out stuff's going wrong because some 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 ah. issue brings it to light. So I mean, it might have been an issue. The uh, charity that the CEO was taking like some exorbitant amount. United to, Way. Yeah, Goodwill. I think so. Yeah, United Way. I think it was. United Way. I mean, Goodwill's the same. Yeah, but, but. They, I mean, nobody knew about that for years. Now people know they still exist. Yeah, but well, that's my point. Know. People know, and United Way still exists. So, well, I. I don't know if this will shut we down or not, but... I don't know. Did United Way lose a bunch of their big business partners? No, actually, probably not. I don't know. Like, I think we might be in trouble. Yeah, well, we will have to see where it goes from here. <laughs> Another kind of cool thing. The U.S. had its first splashdown landing of a capsule from space in 45 years. Is that after two guys shower and then they're, <laughs> and they're sitting down? <laughs> That's a modern family, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the so the capsule fell from space, parachute, and the and the pod lands in the ocean. It was also the first commercially run spaceflight to and back. So the private company SpaceX took the astronauts to the International Space Station and now back. And I'd almost think I'd be almost more interested to be in the capsule coming back and landing in the water than taking off. Yeah, uh... because I feel like taking off would just be like a plane on steroids, whereas landing like. What is it like to be in that capsule as it parachutes and like swings and then approaches the water and lands in the water? Yeah, it's probably like parachuting outside a capsule. Maybe. And then you just wait there until a boat comes gets yeah, you. Yeah, that'd probably be boring. Yeah. You, do you bring a deck of carts? Yeah. Euchre. <laughs> uh, Hong Kong has postponed its election. The pro-Beijing government has postponed the election due to covid concerns they claim amidst massive protests and amidst china passing new laws to infringe on the democratic uh rights of the people of hong kong and impose more authoritarian policies to restrict what the people of hong kong can do to resist the government in beijing the pro-democracy parties were planning we really need i see i never had a problem with my peas in the other mic which has the pea guard but now that i'm using this new mic uh every time i say a pea i hear the and i'm like i need to get on this one yeah i need it on this one and you know i'm like pro-democracy pro-beijing anyway um the pro-beijing or sorry the pro-democracy parties were hoping to make gains based on the current for her fur feverishness whatever that word is of uh of people of hong kong right now and how they're very anti-beijing um and how they are fighting for their democratic rights so i i mean i tend to think that it's an excuse that COVID is an excuse to delay the elections until the uh, pro-beijing parties can get more of a yeah. handle on things well i think it's the same excuse trump's gonna use yeah but congress controls the election date and the house is full of democrats yeah we'll see can't happen it will not happen the Supreme Court will get involved at that point. It's unconstitutional. It's literally in the Constitution. Yeah. I don't know if that matters. <sighs> yeah, you might be right. Anyway, and then uh, more space stuff. The The next Mars rover called, I think it's called Prosperity, landed on, it was Mars? sent to Mars, oh. has been sent to Mars, and it's way more automated than the other Mars rovers, and it has a little helicopter, and the little helicopter is named Ingenuity. 
and the little little helicopter goes and collects rocks and stuff. And so the this new rover it collects samples and it stores them. And then once it hits its limit, it poops them out in a little pile and marks the sends the location back to Earth. And then in thirty years, a shuttle's going to go out. And then somehow the rover is going to send the samples up into space to be collected by NASA shuttles, and NASA will bring those samples back to Earth. And so it's a super complex thing. We have to get the timing like exactly right. Yeah, it feels but like it's not going to work. It does feel like it's not going to work. But if it does, in thirty years, some people are going to hold in their hands no, it, pieces 30, of another planet. Thirty years is when the rocket leaves. 30 Here? years when the rocket... No, 30 years is when the rocket leaves to get... Yeah, to get the space right. thing. And so, then how far is it to Mars? I'm not sure exactly. I don't remember. Okay, 35 years. Whenever know, it gets Mars back. and back? I think it's probably a, maybe 40 or 50. I think it's a long way to Mars. I, yeah, I, I think it is too. I don't yeah. think it's just up the street. No, it's quite a but, way. <laughs> but anyway, my point is... We don't go warp speed yet. I think it takes some time. <laughs> my point is, in however many decades, in my lifetime at least... People on Earth will hold in their hands things, pieces of another planet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Stuff that was not created on Earth. But I mean, they have with with. Uh, it's cool because it's another planet. We've had meteorites and stuff, which was never on Earth before. Yeah, people yeah. People have held in their hands meteorites and moon rocks and stuff. But this is like an, yeah, another planet. Yeah, that's so why like it's bringing pieces of it closer to us, yeah. and we can examine them close up and. Yeah, it feels like uh, something's going to go wrong. I'm glad it's not this year. It would definitely spawn some sort of life if it was this year. <laughs> be an egg. Yeah. <laughs> I got back. Anyway. Well, Belgium, and it's not just Belgium, but uh, they announced more security and, and reduction in social contact. Uh, but it's really worldwide. The pr- coronavirus worldwide is now spiking. You're looking at nearly 18 million cases worldwide now. And it's like I said, it's it's Belgium's the one I wrote about, but it's everywhere. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's something that uh, people are fed up, I guess, with some of the rules. Yeah, and starting to skirt the rules, and and then it gets bad again. Yeah, it's a problem. People need to realize that this is not over yet. But you know, this could have gone in good news. I think since our last podcast, Ontario has had two days with less than a hundred new cases. Today, it creeped over a hundred. It's not the last two days. It's been over 100 for a few days now, but within the past seven days, oh, okay. there have been two days yeah. with less than 100 new cases. And I don't know how many days this was. I only noticed it one days, but the number of resolved cases was higher than the number of new cases. In Canada? In Ontario. Oh, in Ontario. Which is a net decrease. Yeah. And that's, I mean, even if we just ca- keep up with net decreases, that's good. That's progress. That's yeah. real progress. It's yeah, not yeah. even just less cases every day. The number of active cases is actually going down. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I did. we talked about countries' military pay a couple weeks ago, so I looked it up, and I, I don't know how accurate this is. This is Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth. But it says uh, Australia is number one, Canada is number two, UK number three, US number four, France fifth, sixth is Germany, seventh is Japan, eighth is Russia, ninth is Italy. So Russia did make it, but they're still there for four spots under the states, and China didn't make the top nine. Oh well, there you go. But I mean, I do. They do. Spend, I think the U.S. most of their money goes to technology. Yeah, somebody told me, and I've not verified this information anyway. But somebody told me the other day that China has been building up its military this whole time throughout this whole COVID thing. And I mean, if you're gonna invade the world, now's a good time. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, they, I think they'd probably... I think they have their hands full. I don't think yeah. it's... It's not the greatest position if you want to invade the world, right? Because you got Russia beside you. Russia would go with China. And India beside you. Russia would go with China, and the Chinese would wipe out the Indians. Mm, Russia, Russia... I think Russia would pull a like a second world war thing where they're like you knock yourself out but don't come don't come to us yeah but that didn't work out for them in the second world war and it no. probably wouldn't work out for them this time no as you said if china decides to attack russia like yeah that's what happened right like germany attacked russia yeah i mean if we were going to win we would need russia on our side um if china and russia teamed up we're well, done ultimately nobody's going to do it because everybody's got nukes that's the bottom yeah. line my, I was we're talking with mom the other day and we are talking about Canada's relationship with the U.S. And she was saying how the U.S. is always, you know, we have like good relations and we care about each other, but they always have the knowledge that they could just wipe us out if they wanted to invade any day. But she was like, I think other countries would like us enough to come defend us. And I'm like, no, no one's going against the U.S. And she was like, what about Russia? And I was like, you want to invite Russia on here? You think Russia's going to expel the U.S. and then leave and be like, okay, you're free now. <laughs> And then she was like, well, the U.S. isn't going to let Russia stay on the continent. And I'm like, well, then the U.S. takes us over. And why was the point of bringing the Russians to defend us? Yeah. It's not a good situation. We really, as much as we want to stand up to, like, Trump and stuff, we do need the U.S. on our good side. Absolutely. If they ever decide to invade us, we're just done. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They are, they are, they won't, they wouldn't. I mean, well, you never, I shouldn't say that. I, I with think, this person in power right now. Yeah. But, I mean, the world would definitely complain. Yeah, I don't think there's enough popular will in the U.S. And the, Yeah, exactly. I think, especially amongst the northern states, I think they would create a real civil divide if they tried to do that. It's not like, you know... Plus, what's the point? Vietnam, where you can be like, bad communism. They already or, own everything up here. Like, what's the point? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, that is the theory behind free trade, is if you just let somebody own everything in your country, then it's cheaper than them invading you. Exactly. I'm glad that we uh, second pair soldiers the second most in the world. Good for us. I think we were third, weren't we? No, we were second. Australia, oh, yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Go us. Yeah. I mean, Australia's beaten us, so room for improvement, but... Yeah, it's go good. Us. We forgot to say this is TNT. Yes, we are now in TNT. Well, now we're in TNT. That was kind of like a tag end of the other segment. Now we're into TNT. <laughs> Dana. Dana. Anyway. Uh, so Trudeau testified before the uh, committee. I think it's the eth- either the ethics committee or the finance committee uh, or one of the. I think it was the ethics committee. Dozens of committees uh, that we have. Yeah, and he he said he initially balked when they said yeah, let's like, do we. What? You can't do that. I'm involved. <laughs> Go double check. And they double check, and he's like, "Okay, we'll do it then." <laughs> <laughs> I kind of understand one of the things that he said, and one of the things that Katie Telford, his chief of staff, said was, "You know, we were making quick." decisions because doing nothing was worse than doing something and people would suffer if we did nothing so we were just making quick decisions all over the place because it's covid and we didn't necessarily put the same thought into everything that we normally would have and i i I think that's understandable you know like we do need to act quick and and as far as blunders that could happen when you're acting quick this is not the worst one in the world yeah Um, but you do have to all it would have taken was like you guys vote i'm sitting this yeah no it was definitely i mean it was a stupid mistake it was easily avoidable but i do I don't think it's a good enough excuse, but I understand. And the other thing was, if this is the first ethics thing, it'd be like, all right. But it's his third ethics infraction, yeah. Uh, I was listening to the first bit of the testimony 
on the way home from work. And uh, I don't know if you read about this, but I was there in the time when the chair, who was a liberal, uh, his power went out. So he lost his connection. And at the time, the prime minister was being grilled by conservative MP Pierre Polyev, who is notorious for being very, very mean in the House of Commons. Like he's tough and mean and he takes he takes like shots, Ellen. man. Yeah, like Ellen. Okay. He's mean like Ellen. Right. Um, and uh, so Pierre Polyev was growing the prime minister at the time and going over his time and things started to like descend as people were like, hey, hey, the chair's power went out. What do we do? And Pierre Polyev was like, the chair's power went out. And then uh, they were like, yeah. And he's like, I was, I suspected something like this would happen at this time. How convenient for you liberals. And some liberals started to say, I think we should just call off until we can get the chair back. And then there was some discussion and the Pierre Polyev kept saying, okay, well, this is figured out. I'm just going to keep talking to the prime minister here and kept trying to ask questions. And other people were like, no, you can't just keep asking questions. And then somebody from some part of not sure eventually chimed in and said, the actual procedure is that this, when the chair is absent, it now falls to the vice chair. And Pierre Polyev said, well, that's me. (laughs) So he, um, so he said, so I'm going to keep talking to the prime minister here. And he kept trying to ask questions. And very shortly after that, the chair reconnected, rejoined the Zoom call because it was all done over Zoom and sort of regained order and stuff like that. Anyway, that's that story. A few days later, Michelle Rempel, who's another very tough conservative MP from Alberta, tweeted something along the lines of, well, actually, I bet you I can pull it up right here. I didn't write this down because I, I, this is a relatively new story. I thought uh, it sort of stood out to me as uh, kind of sketchy because, okay, here it is. She tweeted about that happening. The combo of the liberals neutering their backbench so severely and their backbench being lazy at committee for so many years allowed Pierre to do this. None of them have any idea about the procedures they have at their disposal to stop him. Hashtag fail. So my question is is she bragging about how conservative mps abused the system and knowingly broke some rules or abused privileges given to them and saying ha ha you liberals were too stupid to stop us from breaking the rules that's what it sounds like but it doesn't sound if he's the vice chair he gets to run the committee after Well, that. okay, but you either run the committee, but there are rules around running committee. The chair, all the chair's job is to, like, keep track of the time and make sure people are following the set-out schedule because there's, like, a set time for question-response. And Pierre Polyev wasn't following that. And Yeah, that happens quite a bit. I, yeah, I know, but there was no one to call him on it because he was the vice chair, and it really felt like he was abusing his position. And... Is that something they're proud of? Probably. But th- then they have no ability to claim any moral high ground over this com- this government on ethics. It's a bizarre tweet. Right? Or maybe they didn't do anything wrong. She's not necessarily admit- admitting to any wrongdoing, but all she's saying is there's probably what a- something built in where they could have stopped it. Doesn't mean they were wrong. And if it's not getting stopped, keeping asking questions isn't necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. And, but they, the liberals didn't know how to stop it. Maybe. It, it, I just think it was a bizarre tweet. And it was not... It's just not well-written. 
possibly. Part yeah. of the problem with what is it, 132 characters or whatever, you have to condense. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it did feel to me that Pierre Polyev was being unnecessary partisan with his comments about like, oh, well, I was suspected something like this might happen. How convenient that the chair's yeah. power went out, and then didn't keep track of time, didn't limit himself on his questions, and kept interrupting the prime minister to stop his response. It just bothered me. But then, I mean, the liberal MPs were throwing him, like, such softball, easy yeah. questions. And I was like, oh, geez. Mom kept saying whenever there's a question like that, she's like, that's a liberal. That's a liberal. <laughs> what uh, socks did you wear that day? What socks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were asking me. <laughs> anyway, that's what I have for Trudeau. Yeah, no, it's, that's pretty much all he did this week. Yeah. And then Trump's banning TikTok. He t- I mean, he tweeted it. He should have TikToked it. <laughs> we'll see if he does or not. Yeah, I saw something on Facebook that said, only in the U.S. would TikTok get banned before semi-automatic rifles. <laughs> yeah. He also uh, wrote a tweet about Twitter's trending section uh, back on Monday, calling it really ridiculous, illegal, and of course, very unfair. So disgusting to watch Twitter's so-called trending where so many trends are about me and have and never a good one. They look for anything they can find, make it as bad as possible, and blow it up, trying to make it a trend. First of all, how's it illegal? It's not. It's, it's Twitter. What? There's no real law. I mean, if they aren't, if they aren't <laughs> telling, like, uh, if it's not libel, it's not illegal, I don't think. Yeah, no, it's... It's ridiculous, he's ridiculous, and I don't even know what else to say about it. And I also read, and I, I read in a couple of spots, that uh, Fauci was invited to, to throw out the first pitch at the Washington Nationals home opener, mm-hmm. and Trump said he had to decline the Yankees' invitation to throw out the first pitch because he was far too busy uh, with this COVID thing and, and dealing with that crisis. But then it came out that he there was no invitation. That's surprising. I mean, he's made up tons of stuff like that. I would love to see him throw a baseball, though. Uh, it can't be much worse than Fauci. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Did you see it? No, I didn't. It was like, like, you know, like the pitcher and the catcher. Yeah. So the catcher's standing behind the plate, and he, he threw it like halfway up the first baseline. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. Uh, that's understandable. Yeah, so, and uh, what else did Trump do this week? I had something else, but I forgot to write it down. I can't even remember. Mom will be happy if it's if we don't talk about him too much. This yeah, week. there we go. We'll do it for Mom. Yeah. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. So All right, happy. Happy, you start. <laughs> well, we, uh, after, after three years of living in... I mean, I don't, I don't consider us living in the country. We live on, like, the edge of Georgetown. We live in a rural area. It's a little bit rural, but it's, like, well, it's, it's less than five minutes and you're in Georgetown. Yeah, but I wouldn't call it urban and I wouldn't call it suburban. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call Georgetown urban. Georgetown's suburban. Yes, okay. We're not... Ish. We're basically in Georgetown. Yeah. But we cannot get good internet here. Like, we, our internet speed, our download speeds were... Supposed to be 12, but most of the time it was like 3 megabytes a second. I think that every time I tested, every time I tested it was because it was a slow day, but every time I tested it was 1 or 2. Yeah, and then and then uploads were 
I think we were we were paying for two or three, and it was always point, zero point one. Yeah, point one point two. I was always pathetic. Uploading the to up to actually to upload the podcast, I had to to hot link or. Uh, What's it called? Hotspot? Hotspot, my phone. Because <laughs> it would just always crash if I tried to do it with her. But anyway, we found a company called CanFibe. Free advertisement for CanFibe. Free advertisement for CanFibe. They have a tower right beside our house. And now we get a whopping 18 megabytes a second download, 2 megabytes a second upload. And it's nice. I can watch TV on my iPad in my room. Yeah, we finally reached 2005. That's right. It's exciting times. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's... The it's, high def looks a bit more high def. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where, I mean, it, it's really a minor thing, and it's definitely a first world problem. But to have it out of the way after suffering for it for three years, it's nice. In a hard time, especially. Yeah. The little things, it's nice to appreciate that. Oh, and Madeline's going to be doing school from home, so she needs good internet. Yeah. For sure. And it would have been nice for you when you were doing your stuff earlier. But yeah. Well, oh well. We finally got it. So yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. I, uh... I'm done work on Friday. I work tomorrow, I work Tuesday, I work Thursday, and I work Friday. And I work time and a half tomorrow, so that's nice. And then I'm done, and then I have a free week, and then we're going on vacation, and uh, and then I'm going back to Edmonton. Fun times? Yeah, those are that's my happy. I have one other story. I, maybe I'll, I'll save it for parting thoughts. Okay. And now the end. All right, here, here's my parting thoughts. And you, I've told you this, but I want to say it on the podcast. Uh, so last week, uh, my phone died. And I normally follow on my phone, like on our outline, to see what we're going to be talking about and stuff. But my phone was charging, and uh, I don't sit in front of your iPad where you have that. And um, so, you know, between segments, you were telling me what we were doing in each sort of section. So we came to, I think it was Happy. And I said, what are we talking about? And you said, I have just two stories. And uh, one of them has to do with some people winning the lottery. And the second one, I want to get your reaction live on air. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. This must be some some news. And, and I'm, I'm... And I said they're both I, about the lottery. Yeah, well, you said that on air. Yeah. You said that. But before you said that, I was thinking, because we had been talking recently, and I'm still thinking about getting a car, so I was thinking that... Uh, I was like, is he gonna like, like, did we win a car or is like, did we come into some, some sort of money where we're gonna get like help or something like that? Like, like, what could this possibly be? And I figured it wasn't that, but you know, my brain's still speculating. And then you say on air, we have two stories and the first one, well, actually they're both kind about the lottery. And then I was like, did we win the lottery? (laughs) Or like what's happening and like i'm like sitting here like trying to keep it cool waiting but like my stomach's getting butterflies and and i'm like what what is this what is the second story gonna be that's why that's why it didn't get the reaction i thought it was gonna get yeah because then the second story was a guy in jamaica went dressed as darth vader to pick up his lottery winnings and that's awesome that's so cool yeah but (laughs) it was just serious letdown nowhere near what i couldn't help but build up to like of course i knew it wasn't that but my brain was still running and I was like built up and like I was vibrating a little yeah. bit like, did we win the lottery? Oh my God. And then it was Darth Vader picking up lottery. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's funny. So that's my parting thoughts. And that what reminded me is uh, you when you just said, uh, maybe we'll save it for the parting thought. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, you wrote something else here. Oh, did I? It says we is blown out. 
Oh, yeah. That, I think I, I'm sick and tired of hearing about we. I think the conservatives and NDP are blowing it up to try to discredit the government and take them down, and they're making it a bigger deal than it actually is. And I'm sick and tired of it. And I'm also sick and tired of Canadian voters voting in a party and then four to eight years later getting really sick of them and going to vote conservative. That might not and happen then, if if the party didn't do stuff like this all the time. I know, but then they go and they vote conservative and they vote in the conservatives and then they conservatives are oh you just mean back and forth yeah this back and forth where they're like oh we hate the liberals so we got to vote conservative eight years later oh we hate conservative we hate the conservatives so we got to vote the liberals do you have such short-term memory like it just annoys me don't don't get mad at the liberals for something when the conservatives are the exact same way and then don't start to hold the conservatives in such righteous appeal as the good guys when you know because you used to be so pissed at them for other things that they're nowhere near as better if like like, for God's sakes, for God's sakes, just vote for somebody else. We have two other parties, three if you live in Quebec, that get seats in Parliament, a smattering of others that don't. Vote for someone else. Try giving them a shot. If Vote NDP. If the NDP get in the government, and after four years, you think they're worse than anyone else we've ever had, don't vote for them again. But try something else instead of just switching between the two parties that are both equally as corrupt and pretending that the other one is so much better than whichever one you're currently mad at. I saw a cartoon um, shortly after Justin Trudeau's like honeymoon period supposed to fail, where it was like a entrance sign to Canada, and it said, "Welcome to Canada." We are currently blaming all our problems on, and then there was like a switchable sign, <laughs> and it said "liberals," and on the ground was conservatives ready to be switched out. Right, and I think it rings so true. Canadians are so bad at that. Like a third of voters just switch between both parties depending on who they're currently mad at, and they just totally forget how pissed they were at the other party. It's happening in Ontario right now, where the Ontario Liberals were reduced to less than party status for the first time in since the conception of the province, and now they're pulling in second place behind the Conservatives, and they're just, we're, we're ready to put them in. Drives me crazy. Hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs> you should keep that in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what are your parting thoughts? Well, I'll tell you, I just, I just read about this story today. We won the lottery. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, a man named, a British man named Malcolm McDonald lost his penis due to a blood infection. Apparently. Did he find it? One day it just, it just, it just dropped off. That can't be true. <laughs> and he threw it in the garbage because he knew he, he wasn't going to have it. But they, they somehow grafted a replacement on his arm. On his, wait, no, <laughs> they didn't put it on his arm. <laughs> he lived with it on his arm for three or four years till they were ready to put it back where it goes. Why did they put it on his arm? I don't, cause I don't know. It had to grow there for a while. It had to get used to his body. Also, how I don't does it know. just fall off with no prep? It was a blood, some sort of horrible blood infection. So did he know it was coming? He knew he had the infection, yes. But okay, but 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 I feel like it would slowly start to like disconnect and yeah, no, that's why he didn't keep it. He just threw it in the bin. Oh my god! Uh, he said I struggled with an infection for years, uh, but I had no idea what could happen. When I saw my penis go black, I was beside myself. It was like a horror film. Yeah, <laughs> mom's gonna uh, hate this section. I was in complete panic. I knew deep down it was gone, and I was gonna lose it. He said. <laughs> He was gutted when his <laughs> penis dropped off on the floor in 2015. 
Uh, despite losing his penis, his te- testicles remained intact. That's because I had been through the devastation of knowing I was going to lose it. I just picked it up and put it in the bin. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Oh, jeez. The the when he eventually went to the hospital, he said the doctors told him the best that they could do was to roll the remaining stump up like a little sausage roll. <laughs> Uh, he referred to a situation as heartbreaking and started drinking heavily. <laughs> um, it's, then, it's heartbreaking. Uh, it's terrible for him. I need to know, did the doctor say like a little sausage roll? <laughs> if it was in quotes. <laughs> but it was, oh my God. Uh, years later, he met a professor, uh, David Ralph of uh, University College in London. Of Blue- University College? London's University College Hospital. Oh, oh, I thought it was a. I thought it was a. Univer- I said it was a professor. Yeah, I don't know. Called the university. No, uh, who had previously created a bionic penis uh, for a man ah. born without one, and it, it gave him a glimmer of hope. He could be- go back to being a normal bloke. Could he? Yeah. Well, this arm graft treatment he was offered cost sixty five thousand dollars and would take two years. I would do it. He also asked if he could make the penis on his arm two inches bigger. <laughs> uh, surgeons were able to craft him a new penis with his own blood vessels and nerves, creating an art. Well, yeah, I'll just—I don't need to read the rest. <laughs> when I saw it on my arm for the first time, I was so so proud. Was he really this is, this is on his quote. arm? This is a quote. That's interesting. After I, after everything I had been through, it didn't feel didn't feel weird at all. It was just part of me. He explained. It looked like something out of a weird sci-fi comic, but it's my chance at a normal life. It has been the first step toward being able to go to the toilet and even being intimate with someone. Think, How did he pee? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really get into it. That's the article. Uh, but I think now they're at the stage where they're, they're putting it back uh, where it goes, which is why it made the newspaper now. That's good. Okay, so first of all... That's, I mean, it's tragic. It's a terrible thing. It would be horrible. Really rough to go through. Very difficult. I imagine quite painful. And I'm very happy that he can get it back. Like, like if it happened to any, like, if it happened to me, I, I, would, I would understand what he's going, like, how he's feeling. Yeah. Like, how devastated. So I'm very happy he's getting it back. This is a good news story. If you just change the word penis to finger or hand... Then we would just it would just be a feel good story. We'd be like, good for him. Yeah. But because it's a penis, <laughs> his arm for two years. It's he must have wide wide sleeved shirts. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, you're jumping down the arm. That's just like this this uh, six inch long bump, or maybe well, maybe it was uh, eight inches after, like yeah. you said. Um, but like, there's just this bump. People are like, what's on your arm there? And he's like, oh, my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the miracles. Good for him. The miracles of modern medicine. That's really what this is about. Oh yeah, we can do wonderful, wonderful things. All right. I guess that's it. That's what we're ending on. And I, I thought Mums always wanted a sort of like a sign-off thing, so I thought we could end with uh, at least a, some sort of fade-out song. Like last week, we had uh, we had the the. Fleetwood Mac song. So, um, as of right this moment, I don't know what that song is going to be. 
but enjoy it. And thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.